This is the Indesa Members Memo, a podcast of the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. Indesa is 100% member-owned and is your industry voice. This episode of the Indesa Members Memo is sponsored by Orisure Technologies. Orisure offers testing products for drugs of abuse and alcohol. The Intercept Oral Fluid Drug Test is the first and only FDA-cleared oral fluid laboratory-based drug test for the nine most requested drugs of abuse. Intercept is simple to use with an easy collection procedure and a collection time of only five minutes. While being the number one recognized brand in laboratory-based oral fluid testing since 2000, the specimen is collected on-site but is then sent to a lab for testing. Companies get the convenience and immediacy of oral fluid testing, but also solid and defensible lab results. You don't sacrifice the accuracy of reliability of your current testing program. You simply eliminate the need to collect urine. Indesa is proud to have Orisher as our first official sponsor of the Indesa Members Memo podcast. Thank you, Orisher. Check out their website at www.orisher.com. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indesa Members Memo. My name is Joe McGuire, and I am the Executive Director for the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association, and we're so glad to have you all join us again for another podcast episode. And today, I have the privilege of interviewing one of our members, Lynn Collins. Lynn, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. We are so glad to have you. Yeah, thanks for volunteering to be interviewed. I'm trying to get more members to do it. A lot of our members don't know what a podcast is. They don't know what they're signing up for. So thank you for braving it out with me. Oh, Um, no problem. But Lynn, you are the founder, CEO, and president of Southern New Hampshire Drug Testing. And um, you just dove right into this business. You came out of a completely different career, which we may or may not get into. But um, there you are up in New Hampshire. And you are, I mean, you called me like day one, I think. And we have have been going through it for what? Is it three, four years now? When did you start? Right. I started, um, I actually started the business in 2016. Okay. And that was the um, training and prep, getting my um, my web, um, excuse me, my website together, things like that. And I mm-hmm. actually, it was in the summer. I did all my studying, so um, I did one collection <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> and um, so, really, 2017 is where I really got going and got started. You launched, and and we kind yeah. of launched together, didn't we? I know, because I talked to you. I'm trying to remember our conversation with it. That's when you were doing, um, I was interested in talking about marijuana. Uh-huh. And having and you we maybe started, come on, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we started talking about interest. it then. Hmm. Uh, and uh, we were going to do the policy workshop, and then it, yep. was, it was a little bit difficult just to get people together at that point in time. Right. But yeah. 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 So um, anyway, here you've been really, you're going to come up this summer on five years in the business. Correct. How is it going? Tell us what all you do and how's it going for you in New Hampshire? Okay. So let's see. Yeah, I started. So when I first started this business, I was just mobile. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was about for the a half a year and when I, I actually made a pamphlet and just went knocking on doors so I like to meet people and explain to them and I was still learning myself um, 
my background's in laboratory work. So I've worked in lab the laboratory field for over 30 years. So um, I'm just gonna go back for a moment. When I was thinking of working on my own because I ended up working in Boston and commuting and um, I had a chance to break that, um, break that uh, drive and so forth because um, I had some surgery and the Brigham was calling me back for work and I thought to myself, oh, I really don't like that commute. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to start a job on my own that, um, or business, excuse me, on my own. So with the laboratory field, um, when I deal with the laboratories now through drug testing, it's really easy for me and I like doing that. So that's really how I got started with um, picking drug testing. Mm -hmm. But when I started mobily, um, I was going to customers and they would, um, a lot of customers had someone already and if they were DOT, they had someone that could do their DOT drug testing and their physicals. So they weren't really quick to want to come to my side to go to the Southern New Hampshire drug testing because I could do the drug testing piece, but I couldn't do the physical piece. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I learned and I'd listen. So I'd get that kind of comment when I was knocking on doors. And then one time someone said to me, um, Lynn, how would you do pre-employment testing mobily, she'd say. And I'm saying, gee, that's a good question. So again, when you go for an interview and you know, you may not even go back to that company until you hear if you got the job. So right. that's all right. emails and so forth. And they want you to get a drug test. You go somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I said to myself, I think I have to get an office. I think that's one of my issues. <laughs> so I strategically started looking and I, I did a little re I did some research because I wanted to offer that DOT physical. Mm -hmm. So my husband helped me and we found um, an office rental in, uh, in Hampton, New Hampshire on the seacoast, which is about not a half an hour or so from my home. And it was in a chiropractor's office and chiropractors can do DOT physicals. So I said, oh, oh yeah. so I went to the chiropractor and spoke to the head chiropractor because this was a third office of they have um, two others. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to really see if there was an interest in helping their business and helping me that if they were able to do DOT physicals, that would be great because that would help me bring in more customers and um, be able to get the clients and help them with the physicals. So mm -hmm. they had an interest. But here we are in 2021 or 22, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And um one of the chiropractors was interested she did look into it she studied but she needed to take the exam mm -hmm. and what i say to people is two babies later <laughs> and um, two babies later and they lost a chiropractor mm -hmm. um, i decided i needed to make a decision and i love the office i love the area i've gotten everybody seems to know me and i'm getting more clients so i didn't want to move my office at least right now so I uh, partnered with the Occupational Health Center in Exeter, New Hampshire. Very good. And actually what added to that was this year I received, I, a client called me for business and it was my first Coast Guard. Oh. So um, I did not realize that Coast Guard DOT uh, physicals were a little different than FMCSA. Yes. So this Occupational Center, the doctor does both. So I said, oh, well, this is great. Nice. So I now am partnering with them. So I'm able to help my clients if I uh, 
know, if a client's interested, I say I can offer um, DOT physicals. And so I've gotten a few customers, so that's great. It's working yeah. out. And I went and checked out the facility and the people are really nice. And everyone's very happy when they go for a physical. And they're just happy to be connected with someone that they now can get the drug testing through me and then go right to get their physical. To get their physical. You know, I think it's, um, it's such a great partnership to do it that way. And it's such a wonderful idea to even set your business up and run it that way, Lynn, because a lot of people, you know, when they, when they start right off into the industry, they think that they have to um, get a, you know, a place in a strip mall and remodel the place and do this and do this and do this. And oh, you yeah. really are starting out in a way that can contribute to so much success because you're running a space in the chiropractor's office, there's parking, there's the restroom, there's everything is there. Right. And you just, you know, um, get and going. There's actually, yeah. So that when the truckers come with their big truck, um, I don't get many, but because mm -hmm. they can maybe, I'm right, um, Greenland, New Hampshire, um, which is about, oh, well, less than 10 miles away from me, um, mm -hmm. is a big truck stop. And I okay. actually went up there. So I investigate everything. So I went up to Greenland and got a, got myself some lunch and sat with some truck drivers to really get their feel of, cool. of what they do. Cool. Um, if you know, you know how when you're driving on the highway and you see the way station open and yep. the trucks have to pull in? Yep. Well, I said, I'm going to. So I did that one day. Uh -huh. So you see, it's really funny. I was telling my husband, you see all these big trucks and there's my car in the middle yeah. of all these trucks. <laughs> yeah. And it, I come out and the guy, the police is looking at me like, hello. What are and you I doing? went in the little building and I introduced myself. See, that's me. I'm not shy. I, I have to figure out every part. I that's still to this day would like it. to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to um, go for a ride with one yeah. of them, but I got to make sure I know who I'm going for a ride right. with. But <laughs> yeah. um, to really see, but even to communicate with them and to find out what they do, I have such a, an appreciation, a better appreciation for them. Yeah. So it's really funny. It might be a little psychological, but I used to be so nervous. Mm -hmm. um, driving into Boston, a rainy day, you got two truckers on either side of you, flying by you, and yeah. I just pray that everything went well. And now yeah. when I'm driving, you know, um, <laughs> kind of like waving to them or something. You know what, not, my dad, when I was I'm young, right, uh, you know, yeah, when I was uh, a kid, um, I mean, my sister, my cousin, my best friend, I, we would, we would jump in the car and drive across country to visit family or go down, you know, we, we at the time lived in Southern California. So we would drive over to Phoenix to visit my cousin and, um, you're just young people. I mean, I, I was going to school in Indiana, so we made that drive from California to Indiana several times. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad would always say, um, get behind a trucker and follow them as long as they'll stay on the freeway and eat dinner at truck stops. And, you know, that's where you're safest. Now, I don't know if it is always the case that, that today it's the same way. I don't know that for sure, but in the eighties and nineties, that was what my dad told me, you know, yeah. he's like, you're, yeah. that's where you're, and I was never by myself. I was with other, you know, right. um, exactly. people, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I, his, um, 
that's just the way that he did it when he was a young man and taught me. And, um, you know, I, I had several people in my family for a while that were truckers and, you know, it's just like every profession there's, there's good ones and not so good ones, but by and large, what a great thing. And, um, just to give you a little tip, we are members of women in trucking. And so perhaps you could, um, get on their message boards. I'll see if I can plug you in to the women in trucking message boards, because it would be nice if you could find, um, a female uh, truck driver out in your area and connect and you know just get something yeah. going out Maybe there that'd go be good. For a ride. Yeah because yeah, I, I, I do get a lot of calls for random drug testing and um, I think it's because of Greenland New Hampshire and they're there at the truck stop so they'll give me a call and we try to organize it so that I can get their drug te- their random testing done while they're mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah got you and so what happened when you went to the way station? What was that experience like? Oh, it was just kind of funny. I got there and um, there were quite a few state police. Um, you know, I've, I went on, um, I actually did some studying myself to see what happens at the truck stops mm-hmm. or when they get weighed and that they could go for a full inspection. Mm-hmm. They're checking to make sure they all have their medical cards. So I just um, kind of stuck my head. They had a little house and I introduced myself. They were very nice. Mm -hmm. I was just seeing how I could get more business. Right. And um, I did attend, um, I forget where it was, and boy, I'm trying to remember it, but I did attend a class, the truckers go to. Good. That were run by the state police. And I I wanted to hear more and, again, my business. And, you you know, you'd love to leave a million pamphlets, but Mm -hmm. they... They really make the truckers make their own decisions. You sure. can't. And I didn't, I, I'm just, that's me. I go to places. Sure. Like, um, so um, it was interesting. I'm just introducing myself and, and learning. And, um, but, you know, um, I think right now truckers, when everything was manual before that they, I mean, that they could write everything down, their records and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um they really have a tough time um, now that it's automatic and they have to take their breaks and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll say when I used to work at the Brigham in Boston, um, that's the busy hospital area. We have about four or five big hospitals in this area. Mm-hmm. And I go for a walk during lunch and the streets are really skinny. And I, you know, to drive in Boston, hello, mm-hmm. you know, it's crazy. And to watch those truckers pull in and get into these small areas mm-hmm. or they have to take, I mean, they're not getting paid for the time that they're waiting for another truck to move on, that they're right. emptying their truck out. Right. So it, that's a tough, that's a tough thing for them to do. It's, yeah. I can't imagine um, maneuvering in Boston, yeah. any city. So I know it's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting profession and in that, you know, like a lot of people have been frustrated during COVID that, truckers can't get product across the country, but especially in areas like Boston, you're one of those metro areas where the docks are outdated and you can only get one, usually like one convoy in at a time and out. I don't even know if convoy is the right word anymore, but they do. Sometimes they have said, we, we sit and wait for 12 hours to get to the containers. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we don't think about and don't know and don't understand that could be resolved with infrastructure, but we're getting way outside the realm of drug testing. But yeah, yeah, it's, but it is good. You're right though. It is good to kind of climb in on the inside of what do they deal with every day and what do they, um, you know, what's going on? Because sometimes, you know, we get frustrated. So let's flip it around. We get frustrated when, um, 
a donor comes in and they got pulled in the random and they're like, you know, I don't have time for this. I got to add this onto what I'm doing. And we try, you know, like meet them sometimes with their own frustration. And sure. really, if we can take a step back and realize, yeah, you know what, this might be just the last freaking thing they needed today, um, know. you know, <laughs> going on. And we can kind of take a step back and, yep. and make it a good experience for them. Exactly. And, yep. you know, kind of diffuse it a little bit, be kind, have some cookies in the waiting room, something that, you know, yep. just like, Hey, we know, you know, this Offer is, a coffee. Offer yeah, a coffee. no, after, but exactly. After the collection. That's right. right. Nobody, yeah. nobody, I don't care who you are. I say this every now and again, I don't say it often, but my strong feeling is nobody is excited to go get their drug or alcohol test. That's right. just not a normal thing to be excited <laughs> about. We might be excited to go to work. Nobody loves doing that, but we can make it a pleasant, good experience where they go, you know what, if I have to do this again, I'm coming back to see you because you are a little exactly. ray of sunshine, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I do think for that reason that it's really good for you to be able to um, you know, climb in on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So what, all, I know that you do drug and alcohol testing and you partnered with yep. DOT physicals. What else do you do? Well, I do the other testing. Um, uh, we have a lot of academies in New Hampshire. I'm mm -hmm. trying to get more customers, but, uh, just making a phone call. So cold calls, you know, sometimes those work. So I was calling, um, academies and, actually found one that um, I do oral testing. So I do the intercept testing with them. Okay. And um, so what I'm, is an academy? Who are they testing at the academy? Yeah. So the academy is usually, academy has high school students. Uh -huh. And they this particular one stays overnight. So, okay. and there are people from all over the world there. Okay. So they sleep there. They sleep there. It's like being at a college, but you're in high school. Okay. So talking to one of the nurses, um, they were doing their drug testing at a hospital. Oh. And one day there was an error. And this one, um, one of the students came out positive for one drug. So they had it repeated and he was negative. And then, so they're trying to figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, was he truly positive? So now here's my experience with laboratory, working in a clinical hospital. I said, well, I said, drug testing in the DOT world is really um, strict on everything we do. I, I feel that um, I understand having an error at a hospital. Um, it's, I can understand something may have happened. Mm -hmm. and, um, I think if you want to have a really good program, you should go through a, uh, a drug-free workplace, like through the, a DOT program, through right. the non-DOT. But I mean, going through the type of how do you collect and things like this sure. and chain of custody, sending your specimens have a to good a policy. laboratory. Right. That's yeah. right. Have a good policy. So um, I went up and trained and um, I'm actually going to be going up again. Um, the nurses, there was this one nurse and now she since has uh, left, but she would test the students. So these students, the reason they were being tested is, um, they may have had a drug problem before and the parents want them to continue in a random program. Okay. Or marijuana is an issue for everyone, as we mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And so, and I do have a really interesting story with this school. Uh, so no THC of any sort is at this school. Okay. 
and when I did started testing and we've done it, I've had them for maybe three years. Um, so I, I send up plenty of supplies, they do the testing. I mean, how easy can that be? I get sure. the CCF <laughs> sent to me and I, I manage all that, make sure they get their results and I answer any questions. And, um, but um, one time we, they were testing a, a few students and the result came back instead of being positive for THC, Delta 9, it came back with a high sensitivity or a sensitivity issue. Oh. So I called the lab and I said, okay, now see, this is me. So again, me being my lab background, I have no problem. I get a hold of the medical director. I said, okay, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So the doctor explained to the T and he understood. So I added in, because I did HPL, HPLC, which is high pressure liquid chromatography in, in testing at one of the uh, labs I've worked with. And this is one way to identify drugs. Mm-hmm. And I was testing drugs like, drugs that people prescribe. Okay. The Ophelin is a drug, a bronchial dilator, mm-hmm. um, Dilantin, some of your anti-epileptic drugs. Mm-hmm. So these people are on certain medications that if they don't take it properly and we don't check their level every once in a while, that it could be, they could be in trouble. They may okay. have taken too much and things like this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I knew exactly what he was saying. So basically where Delta 9 comes off um, as a spike on, on a graph paper, if you want to think of it that way. Another um, cannabinoid was affecting and getting in the way of uh, with Delta-9. It turned out to be Delta-8. I was going to say, was it Delta-8? Yeah. I bet it yeah. was. So yeah. Delta-8, and, and I've been in, um, talking with the medical director quite often. Um, so this school, the students were taking Delta-8. And the one issue with... Um, with this is um, the nurses, they, someone found these students and they seemed like they were doing something mm-hmm. and they had the paraphernalia to go with it. So when I came back and said that the results were negative, they're like, Lynn, it can't be negative. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, there's a sensitivity. So we're not sure what it is. So long story short, between mm-hmm. using this school and they actually use it, the student samples to help them with some of the discovery, but this lab's been working on this particular situation for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping now, I, I haven't been in touch, and right now we did a batch of the students um, not too long ago, and um, it was, they were back to Delta 9. <laughs> oh, but wow. um, I do yeah. want to find out, because the lab was going to be creating a test for Delta 8. So yes. there's many cannabinoids say, out there. Yeah, some of them are definitely doing that uh, so that when you get the test back, you know, you can d- differentiate. And, and so that's a good thing for our listeners to know, check with your lab. Some labs right. are working on that and some are saying, no, we're not going to do that. Right. So, some don't test that. Right. Yeah. But if you get a test result back for THC that says invalid and you don't understand what it means, it yep. is likely that it is that Delta eight interfering. interfering. Yeah. And, uh, and is Delta 10 coming out too. So yeah. Right. So yeah, and speaking of that, um, uh, we have Dr. Um, oh my goodness, my mind just went blank. Kuntz. Um, Dr. Kuntz, yes, thank yep, you. Yep, Kuntz, uh, that's the man. <laughs> yes, Dr. Kuntz from Clinical Reference Laboratory, CRL, is going to be doing a presentation at our conference in May on all of these 
different cannabinoids as well as some of the new synthetics that are interfering and causing problems and what to do about them, what that looks like, um, how to educate your clients about these things. But yeah, um, it's we have Delta 6, 6E, 8, 9, um, 10, 10A, I think there's even a 12, I don't know, but he's going it's to talk crazy. about these. Yeah. And Delta eight is, um, it's like, it's, le you know, it's legal. Kids can just go to like a smoke shop or something mm -hmm. to pick it up. And if they take enough of it in, um, yeah. they will get um, high. Yeah. And the, um, the funny thing is, is that's another one of those unintended consequences that everyone's like, well, you know, we made marijuana legal, so everything's legal. And then now they're going, wait, what is this? We didn't bank on that. We didn't know that would happen. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. And yeah, they do market it as you can't get high, but you absolutely can. You can. And they do say you'll pass your drug test and a lot of it's contaminated. So likely you won't, you know, there's all those right. things. So yeah, we could go on and on about but that. that so, piece, even just for me to work on that. See, that's where I get it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, too. how cool is this? You know, yeah. it's really cool. To so, get into the and they, I don't think they would have gotten that from another person. Right, I'm right. Like, Wait a second, what is this? Exactly. So that's what I do. That's what I can offer my my clients. I get into yep. it. Like I, I really love that that you're going to investigate and find out what is the bottom line here. Right. Um, now, one other question: You added some services during the pandemic um, to your repertoire, not just the strictly oh, drug yep. and alcohol testing. Yep. Tell me about. Uh, what you did and how you made that decision because you're going to be featured in our March newsletter oh. with an article. And oh, cool. so let's, uh, <laughs> let's use this uh, moment to, oh. to highlight that. Yeah, great. Well, so uh, like my article says, but, um, you know, sitting back and watching everything back in 2020 of the COVID, COVID-19 and everybody was glued to the TV you know, I thought to myself, gee, I'd really like to offer testing. And being a laboratory person, I was listening to them. And I know what the antibody is. I know what the antigen is. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and tell you right off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. I've been in it for years. Hepatitis, hepatitis testing, mm -hmm. how it's tested, antigen antibody. So um, I, I kind of said to myself, well, I want to look into it. But at the beginning, and this is before the FDA put in the EAUs, mm -hmm. uh, EUAs, mm -hmm. um, it sounded like a free-for-all that everybody was just going like, I want to be first to get the testing, testing, testing. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't surprised to hear, and I gave an example in the article of a nursing home that tested, it's a large nursing home because they had 300. Ooh. It was 300 odd positives. And I'm like, oh my, that is a lot. And turned out they were false, false, falsely positive. Mm -hmm. So, but when did they find that out? What did the doctor do to start treating them? And the mm -hmm. poor families are going crazy. Right. So that was just one example. And I, I really said, wow, I have to do my, well, I just wouldn't pick anybody anyways, but I have to do some research. So um, a colleague sent me an email, a kind of a, one of those contacts, and mentioned a laboratory in Massachusetts that was starting to do COVID testing. So um, it, that made me interested. So me being me, I called right up and spoke to the CEO and wanted to hear all about the tests and how far along they were and the cost, but to, to make sure that the test was accurate and precise. And um, at that time, he put his paperwork into the FDA, so he hadn't heard yet. Mm -hmm. But more and more in 
investigation went around and I think um, because of um, doing the oral testing with the academy and which is CRL testing the intercept mm -hmm. uh, I talked to my sales rep with that and they, they would tell me what they had I was really interested in doing the antibody test mm -hmm. but um, I at the time so at the time of COVID, everybody was coming down with it, or but they weren't really sure, and the testing wasn't out there. So um, they have a they have a, a a test for themselves, and I I ended up taking it. I did the research. It's a um, saliva test that self administered saliva test that you can do you can do in your your own home, or you can hand it out to your employees at at your business. Is that the Orisher? Um, yeah, it's the Orisher. It's called the CRL Rapid yes. Rapid Response, and it's rapid, but it's still sent to the laboratory. It's not like rapid appointment. So when you do these kits at home and you get results in fifteen minutes, that's called POCT, which is point of care testing. Mm -hmm. So this, these were not. These were still sent to the lab. Okay. And I think I liked that they was being sent to the lab because they're being put on an instrument mm -hmm. and I knew that the the instrumentation, everything was up to up to par because I read right. the, all the information about it. And like in the article, um, and you know, we're all out to make money here and there. Sure. But the sure. test was expensive. And I said, I can't make this test expensive for people because they need the test. Mm -hmm. So I kind of figured out what I felt like would be a good rep, but you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. I did not yeah. want to, and um, I want to trying to, to gouge it. people. You just yeah, want no, to no, no, no. I wanted, yeah. and they were so excited when I sent out. I had a contact and said, "How can I help you during this period of time?" Mm -hmm. um, because, like I said in the article, a lot of construction workers. So you have one or two guys that get sick, and they're still on the, all on the same site. Right. You can imagine what they're going through, and how do no one knew how to handle all this to begin with. How do you quarantine for 14 days? Right. Um, and in the article, um, I helped a family get back to Africa. Wow. Um, and that's because um, the airlines wanted, they were very strict in their testing. They wanted a report of a PCR test, COVID PCR. Mm -hmm. And they wanted it within 72 hours of the flight. So they didn't want you to test a week ago because mm -hmm. that would be too long ago. They wanted, right. and that was critical. So that shows how this testing, um, and I wasn't thinking that at the time because I guess I wasn't aware, but it just seemed to work out great. The kit could be, I shipped these kits to um, in another area in New Hampshire and the, the father was like, Lynn, we barely see a FedEx truck up here. Mm -hmm. I said, don't worry, they promised me you'll get that kit tomorrow. <laughs> so I ordered their kit, had it sent to him and his wife, and it got there as long as they did their test. So I ordered the kit the day before, before 1 p.m. The kit got to their FedEx, delivered it to where they were staying. They, I said, now you got to complete the test, follow the video, very simple, call me if you have any questions get it in the FedEx Dropbox box before the end of the day, and mm -hmm. you should have results by tomorrow. Wow. And I think one time I was, you know, I was worried about a weekend, but these flights I think were during the week and we were able to get them home to Africa and how, and then one girl, the one that was late, um, I had this nurse, 
she was starting a new job mm-hmm. and she had to do her own COVID test. So she contacted me. Now with this, this is, if you remember that weather we had last, I think it's last year, um, or the year, when Texas had all that cold yes, weather. Yes, that was, that was a year ago next week. Yeah, okay. So I sent her a specimen, but I didn't realize the hub of Fed, FedEx is in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's their main hub. So it doesn't matter what's going on in Memphis, but that's their hub. So yeah. everything goes there and then they send everything out. So I collected and she did her specimen on a Monday and she needed that result within a couple of days to start her job. And I, she kept calling me. I felt horrible, but I'm like, and I kept call, I actually called the lab. And I said, mm-hmm. you know me, call the lab. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? She, yeah. They go, Lynn, because of the weather, we have not received any FedEx uh, drop-offs for any oh. testing, period. Wow. And like they had the people. So can you imagine when that finally got going? They had so many specimens. Everybody was like, whew. They had a big <laughs> yeah. plan on how to handle all that. Yeah, they, they got backed up a little bit. It was oh, an interesting sure. time this yeah. time last year. Yeah, I remember yeah. very So clearly. that was the only specimen that we had. To, and I kept saying to her, I'm so sorry, that, but it's the weather. And see, we're yeah. looking at the weather around here. Hello, what are you talking about? Right, right. So, yeah. Well, what an interesting um, piece to get to add to your services. And I love that you do this with a heart, which is so typical of the members of Indesa. We are really um, focused always on that that inspirational piece of why do we do what we do every day. And you just typify that, Lynn. It's to help others. And that's it, to help others. And that's why we, I think that's why we hit it off. Um, okay. Right off the bat, and yeah. um, do do have done some exciting things together. So uh, I'm so glad to have gotten this time with you. Now I want to make sure and give you an opportunity to do two things. First of all, um, as we close, I want you to be able to tell people how to get a hold of you, because okay. you can share this podcast in your neighborhood, your community, with your clients or whatever. So oh, I want great. people to know. Great. And for those looking for third-party collectors, if you need someone in Lynn's region, uh, make sure you reach out because you know she's going to do a good job for you. But um, first, before we get to that, um, I would be remiss if I didn't say, what do you love about being a member of Indesa? Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you right off the bat, it's just everyone is so friendly. I've been on a couple of committees, and it's like we're best friends. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, um, Joe, I haven't met you. <laughs> we almost did one time. Yeah. Um, last year for the conference, mm-hmm. I had shoulder surgery. So I, I injured my shoulder at the gym, mm-hmm. and um, I have to stay away from those big tires. My right. So I've had two surgical procedures on that. So, um, but I've met so many nice people and in training myself, I've been trained by Jan and everybody. So I just, I love it. Um, there's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, uh, I now have a couple of collectors and I had Jan train them for their urines and breath alcohol. I did one breath alcohol, but she's done the urines mm-hmm. and it's just great. And yeah. it's so different. Um, you're just there all the time. The weekly pot, the weekly Wednesday at two o'clock meeting. You learn so much from, and sometimes mm-hmm. I can make them, and sometimes I can't. Yeah, but town hall. Amazing. I'll tell you, town yesterday, hall. yeah, yesterday oh, was, 
Such a good one. Oh my gosh. It was, we had several MROs on there and questions oh, wow. for MROs and it was just amazing. So yeah, every week it's something, you know. Right, exactly. They are so good, yeah. So it's just I, wonderful. I love it. I'm so glad to, to hear you say that because we really, you know, you often hear um, people will kind of promo, so like join us, we're like a family. We really are. It really becomes yes. like our family and we don't promote it that way. We just say, you know, members matter, which is important too. Yes. But yeah, I hope you're in Indianapolis in a couple of months and that I, <laughs> and that I get to finally um, see you in person and give you a big hug. I don't care. We'll put our masks on, whatever. <laughs> bump, elbow bump. I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just been a delight to get to know you. And the thing is, I hate, you know, like, I hate that podcasts are supposed to be short and sweet because every time I'm chatting with someone, I'm like, you know what, we could just go pour Keep a fresh cup of coffee and, yeah. and hang out for a couple of hours. It would be awesome. But um, thank you so much for volunteering. We've got to do this again because you have so much to talk about and share. And I mean, we, we really seriously could just do a series with Lynn. I know that. I, do that. <laughs> I got a lot of stories, Joe. <laughs> and that's what we love. We love sharing our stories because you know what? They're teaching tools. You know, they're always, always teaching. Well, I did want to mention one kind of funny thing real quick. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. So one day, you know, um, they all talk about women talking a lot, right? Yeah. But guys talk a lot too. So (laughs) let them, when they start talking, let them talk. So one day I had this trucker come in for a random, uh, it could have been, no, I think it might've been a pre-employment. It doesn't matter. So he comes Mm -hmm. in and he's gabbing and then he says, oh, he says, yeah, ah, no problem. I don't do any drugs. And I said, oh, that's great. I says, well, come on in. And, you know, I'm trying to gonna set him up for this thing. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, yeah, I go in and do drug tests for everybody. I said, oh, yeah. So I'm thinking my ears perked up to that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. he says, yeah. Well, everybody knows like where he works. Everybody knows that he yeah. doesn't do drugs. So hello. Oh. And I said, really? I said, you physically go in for other people? Yeah. So I kind of left it there. I wasn't going to say anymore. Right. And I thought right. to myself, boy, those collectors are not checking IDs. That's, That's the only, right. other, what other reason could that happen, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, boy. And he just kept talking and talking. So, you know, we talk about the quality and the being a collector, yes. not only owning a business, but part of collection. That's our, We are the first people that people come and stop. That's We're the first idea. people that we, we see them. And the most important thing is to ID the person. That's right. Make sure you know who. And actually, I've questioned people because, and I didn't realize this, some states do not. Um, there are some pictures of some people that it's almost when they first got their driver's license back mm-hmm. in high school. Oh, they don't they update don't look like that. So I, uh-huh. one gentleman, I had, to, he had to bring up all this information. I really had trouble figuring out if this was truly him. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's the most important thing. And being a good collector, we are the first person in this process. You are right. You that's are so, so right. Important. We're the front line. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, this reminds me of, I had a niece who worked for um, a sanctioned marijuana establishment here in the state of Colorado, and people could go in, and it was basically a smoke lounge, which was not allowed at the time. It was illegal in the state, and they got shut down, but they tried it before anybody said, oh, no, you can't do that, right? Yeah. And so she got a job there, and I said, 
um, are you checking IDs to make sure that nobody under 21 comes in? And she goes, oh, yeah, they told us we can check IDs, but we're not experts. So whether or not it's fake is not our problem. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. and you wonder why you're going to get shut down when Vice comes in and exactly. busts you because right. you're serving to the underage. But uh, it's, and while we're, you know, drug testing is not like of that nature, at the same time, we have a responsibility to make sure that we are guaranteeing the integrity of the test. And that starts with, right. are you testing the individual that it says you're testing? Exactly. I had, listen, one time I had, here's where we could just go for another hour. But one time I had a mom whose son uh, was in trouble with drugs at the local high school, and he got put into a um, a drug testing program for the disciplinary committee. And that mother tried to bring his younger brother in to take the drug test for him oh, wow. um, saying, well, you know, they're too young to have driver's licenses. And so um, they don't have state IDs, but I'm the mom and I can verify. And I said, that's oh, wow. great. Um, could I just see the school ID? Because I know every student in high school has an that's ID badge. And then when, and the younger brother was really interesting because that younger brother, he did not want to be used that way but he was doing what his mom said and oh. when I said I said great can I just see the school ID um that kid flipped that ID at me so fast that mom couldn't stop him and I was like oh this is Nathaniel I actually need Stuart I'm making up names but yeah. um great you know and I didn't like I didn't say how dare you I just said oh this is Nathaniel I need to see Derek or whatever his name was that that's perfect just send him back and we'll get and she was so busted oh but you know you have a driver tell a story like that that has meaning to it right know? exactly and, yeah yeah you're and he exactly just kept right. talking and I never actually asked him anything he was yeah. just rocking and rolling kept yeah. telling me telling me and I let him talk 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 yeah I said, oh really okay you learned so much that day you do, you do. <laughs> Lynn I love your style I love your curiosity and I love the fact that you um, investigate to satisfy your curiosity that you get facts and you're you're just a wealth of um, information and that's what is growing you up in our industry to become the next leading expert because you don't just take someone's word for it you go and get the facts and that makes you a rock star and oh, so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that with me today now tell people how they can get a hold of Lynn Collins Okay, so then my name of the company is Southern New Hampshire Drug Testing. My website is SNH, which is Southern New Hampshire, the abbreviation. So snhdrugtesting.com. Mm -hmm. And those are and the I, letters SNH. There's not a correct it's not stands and. for Southern yes. New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah, I always go Sally Nancy Harry. Perfect. <laughs> Sally Nancy Harry Drug Testing.com. Yeah. And that has all my information and my address and my phone number. Perfect. Wonderful. Lynn, thank you so much. Let's thank make you, sure we Joe. do it again. Oh, oh, you bet. Okay. Thank Have you. Have a good day. And for all sure. of you podcast listeners, make sure that you like and subscribe and share us with your colleagues so they know where to find us. The more you do that, the more it increases our visibility um, wherever you find your podcast. And call me or email me if you want to be our next interview, Joe McGuire at Indesa.com. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Indesa Members Memo. Subscribe to hear all of our podcasts and join Indesa to access all of our professional industry resources. Visit us at ndasa.com.